3CR Community Radio, 855am. Hi, you're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network, produced at 3CR Community Radio, Omurundji Country. And I'm Nikki Stott. Earlier this year to celebrate NAIDOC Week, the Indigenous Peoples Organisation Australia, in collaboration with Better Futures Australia, hosted a webinar series called Heal Country, Heal Climate. Today on the show we'll hear part three of a three-part episode called Custodians of Country. And this episode is chaired by Gairi and Butchler woman Kathy Etok from the Indigenous Peoples Organisation of Australia. And the speakers are Kabi Kabi and Gurang Gurang Man, Pastor Ray Minikon, Naranga Gunditchamara, Nuganjeri and Adnamatya Man, Chris Bonney, Ewan Man, Bruce Pascoe, and Wiradjuri and Nyamba woman, Dr. Virginia Marshall. And we have so many stories about why the treatment of water is so important. And we've really uh, failed to see that, not only in, in law, but we failed to see that across this country when we commodified water in 2004 and further separated legally Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people from water and that relationship to water. But it also separated non-Indigenous people from water and for the need to understand the relationship that is since time began. You know, that's an incredibly long time since we've had that understanding and also to create those barriers that have now been put up to divide water into conquest, to look at it as a commercial water, environmental water, but not see the cultural and the spiritual part of water in our lives and the meaning of water, which Uncle Ray talked about, that spiritual connection and, and the understanding of our place and and also the good health um, that that goes with good drinking water, with ensuring that groundwater is healthy and recharged naturally, you know, to identify that ancient water in the paleo channels, for example, is living and breathing. It's an entity. But we also, because of this failed policy and failed laws in a Western sense, that we're clutching for so many different ideas to fill that void, which is the rights of nature, making uh, a separation again between a river and making a separation between a, a, a tree or a mountain, a national park, for example, and that's not a natural fit for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Clutching at those voids uh, in a Western sense and in an Indigenous sense only uh, really imp- compounds the, the problems that we have with water. And I think that the most amazing part of this journey on healing country, as everybody's pointed out, there's creation stories that really give us a very clear understanding of why those relationships are so important and why they speak of sharing. And that is just so critical. And we saw that with the cool farming practices over in the bushfire seasons that we had that were dreadful, you know, all around us were days that look more like a movie set than um, uh, something that we'd experienced ever before. And and along comes this wonderful, big-hearted community, our community, that, that actually says, well, this is the way you actually manage the bush. This is the way that you manage the soils. 
and we really want to, you know, share this understanding. And so I think that we've always got to see that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are always looking for ways to come together. And I think that that's what we're doing tonight is healing country by saying to everyone, non-Indigenous people and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities that for us to actually keep living on this planet, to enjoy those, those foods that Bruce is talking about and to understand the creation stories and the importance of those that Chris pointed out and to understand the depth of relationship between ceremony and, and water and our foods and the purpose of why we're here couldn't be more clear in, in the whole reality of climate change. Again, you know, it's not that we have to see human beings as the enemy. We have to understand and learn from Indigenous peoples all around the world, and that's very clear on climate change. It gives us an opportunity now to, to make a difference and, and to really take on board the science, take on board the environmental indicators that tell us that there are real problems and that we need to actually be listened to, that all the best science from the West will not really save us because if we're living on this country, uh, we can't eat cotton, we can't eat a whole range of different Western materials and seeds they also need to be acclimatised. And the best way to eat foods is, is from country. Those incredible foods from creation stories is really important. That's what we're going to survive on. We can see that so clearly. And when the fish are dead, when many other foods are not able to be eaten, people will have to return to bush foods. That will be the absolute secret that we know and we understand. And people will be coming to us in years to come. This is quite a matter of fact. And they will be searching for those answers. And it will be our medicines that will cure you. It will be all of those things that we understand. So it really is important to have Indigenous-led research, for example. I sit on uh, the ethics committee at um, ANU and so many projects are non-Indigenous-led and, and we really need to have this research supported for everyone's future, but we need to lead and that's so critical because when we lead, then we survive. That's really important. So my message tonight is that you need to really be gracious in your acknowledgement to everyone that, you know, because of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, when you walk out, you're breathing that ancient air. You're absolutely drinking that water that, they, that the ancestors had drunk. You're actually um, standing on land, as Bruce said, that has been cared for for thousands and tens of thousands of years. And we are the oldest living culture on the planet. So we must have done something right. We must have done something incredibly um, right to really be at that stage of our lives. And intergenerationally, we will be here forever. Our children will carry on when we're um, not here any longer, but those messages will remain with you and your loved ones. And we are always here and we always will be to help the rest of um, the messages to get out which is healing country, is really healing ourselves. And that's really my message tonight. Mandangu.
thank you. Um, thank you, Virginia, for contributing your vast expertise and valuable insights and the need for Aboriginal people to lead and that it's also closely tied to our own healing, to Aboriginal healing. And we'll move to uh, question time shortly. Just before we move into question time, however, I'd just like to take the opportunity to add to the discussions tonight and briefly highlight that all of the environmental and climate concerns we are facing and we'll hear about during the coming week, that they're all interlinked. Global warming, the overexploitation of natural resources, the decimation of the environment, the unprecedented loss of biodiversity are all intrinsically linked. And it's the same motivation that led to the dispossession and ongoing suppression of First Nations peoples. Originally motivated by imperialism and now corporate globalisation, it's the accumulation of wealth by a few that are the drivers. So the answers are also tied together. These sessions will outline numerous concerns but they'll also hold answers. COVID has highlighted that we can change where there is political will to meet the threats facing our communities. The existential threat of global warming demands substantial social change, a change from where corporate profits come at the expense of the community. We need to demand a flip from the profits of a few to the well-being of the many. That also means recognising the rights of all peoples, including the inherent and ongoing sovereignty of the First Nations peoples of this continent. We need to reverse the process of dispossession and draw from Aboriginal values as custodians of country and waterways and recognise our obligations to respect all living things. And I'm pleased to say that this is already starting to happen. The Jabalbina Yalanji Aboriginal Corporation partnership with Rainforest 4 Foundation have been working together to protect country. The Rainforest 4 Foundation raises funds to purchase vulnerable blocks of Daintree land, which has globally significant conservation and cultural values, which then transfer the land to the Cooker Yalanji people. Then the Aboriginal Corporation develops a land management strategy based on the self-determination and protection of the cultural biodiversity and conservation values, and then work with the Queensland government to have those lands reincorporated into the Daintree National Park. I understand the partnership is the only formalised non-government program in Australia that purchases land for conservation to be owned and managed by the traditional owners. But it's worth noting, this is part of a larger global movement to return lands to indigenous peoples, like the David Suzuki Land Back Movement, which seeks to confront colonial abuses and historical dispossession. The Land Back Movement seeks to reverse the expropriation of indigenous lands and draws on indigenous cultural values of communal responsibility and reciprocity to promote sustainable economies for all humanity.
this is what we're here for today to draw learnings from Aboriginal knowledge of communal responsibility and the custodianship we share for future generations, to take up that shared onus to work together collaboratively, to build sustainable solutions to climate change, to ensure a safe future for those coming generations. So we'll move on to questions, if there are any questions coming through. Kathy, there's thousands of them. Oh, are there? Would mm. you mind pulling out a few, Ray? A, a few, yeah, okay. Anonymous attendee, how can we fight to bring Aboriginal knowledge and culture into current legislation, especially the environment? Your people's love and care and understanding of country is so necessary and should be utilised and respected. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you, Uncle Ray. Um, I'm really not into integrating our knowledge where you can't really define Indigenous knowledge and where Western knowledge begins. I think that's um, just a caution that I have to um, just raise. But I think it's really important that, and this is one thing that we're trying to do as co-chair for the National Water Committee as we, we look to you know, make improvements on the National Water Initiative Mark II, is that we really want to impart Aboriginal values, the and the spirituality and uh, uh, our concerns with water being recognised and respected. I think that's a, a very important point. And I think that we need to do a lot more in uh, coming together and agreeing that to actually protect water, to ensure that water remains in its strength for us culturally, that we need to change our mindsets and really have to also change our ways that we look at the environment and also valuing water, um, the land, the soils in a much different way. If, if we can incorporate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander values equally in those respective areas, it will make such a big difference to that recognition and to the way we apply and we respect it. You know, the, the words that we had in our water clauses in the National Water Initiative was just in regard to to acknowledge native title, just to account for that passive language doesn't even resemble um, the rich and wonderful history you've heard tonight over tens of thousands of years. It just can't do it justice. So we need to look at that future and really um, those values need to be incorporated. But can't be integrated to where you don't know where Western law begins and an Aboriginal law ends. Thank you. Mamagua. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Uh, there's, there's a question here. How can we fight to bring Aboriginal knowledge and culture into current legislation, especially regarding the environment? Your people's love and care and understanding of country is so necessary and should be utilised and respected. Virginia, given that's about legislation, do you want to grab that one as well? I think the one thing that I come away from, and, and that was I was actually teaching environmental law today and I will be in an intensive over the next nine days, is that we really fail to understand that law will not help you in every instance. 
and neither will, will really bad policy actually aid really bad law. So we really have to be careful what we wish for because there are a lot of people that draft in a way that they completely don't understand how to draft these, um, these values, how to draft um, in, in a way that's with what we've talked about tonight. So I, I always would think uh, that law should be, Western law should be the last resort, but Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander law should be the first resort. That is critical. We have to acknowledge our laws as the first laws. So that's how I would explain uh, that question. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Virginia. I think that's a really critical point that these issues aren't just legal issues, they're actually political issues. And that's why it's so important for the broader community to have some understanding of the history and, and the context and the, the damage that's done to Aboriginal people when they don't have sufficient control over legislation, such as happened um, uh, with Jukun Gorge, uh, where there's uh, very little cultural heritage protection in, in the legislation. So we need broader community support to help address that and bring veto rights back for traditional owners, particularly around sacred sites so that they can protect them for future generations. Um, I also um, have, a, yeah, have a thought about, um, and I think about this all the time, you know, I have this belief, this vision that one day non-Indigenous Australians of all diverse backgrounds will one day paint up and do the corroboree with us. And you, I see that now, you know, I saw that a couple of years ago walking around on Australia Day, which I don't like, you know, walking around years ago. I didn't like walking around because you get some snide remarks and um, there was a change. Years ago, it was like Australian flags everywhere on, you know, outside of people having barbecues. But then a couple of years ago, I was walking around uh, from Bondi to the city to go to Yarbin. And what I noticed was there was a lot of non-Indigenous people walking around, going to their Australia Day thing with the Aboriginal flag and the Australian flag. And then I also see, so there's a change there. And then there's also, I see with um, Dark Emu, a lot of people, non-Indigenous people, have come to me and said, Chris, this has been amazing. I've learned so much about you know, um, you know, practices and this is something that we all should be doing, you know, should be doing within our own mm-hmm. homes and our own backyard. So I think there's a change happening. And what we've got to do is grab onto that change and not let people distract us from that. Because one day people will do the corroboree with us, paint up, and that also means that our practices of sustainability uh, practices of respecting one another and uh, people's uh, values of um, sharing and caring and helping each other will be something that is an Australian value that a lot of people will, will, will use. So that it just gives me, I, I kind of like always feel positive about things and this is one of the things I see that people are changing and we're changing as a nation. Mm. And also I think... Uh... 
for the younger generation, there's a few questions around this uh, to find your voice in all of this. You just need to get yourself really educated on this matter and, and put it up from wherever it is on your, your agenda now up to about priority number one to make sure that uh, this is right before your your consciousness every day and to see that this is you know we're all in this together this is just not an aboriginal issue now <laughs> we're all in it together mm. this is your country this is your planet this is what you you're you you've got a an opportunity to to show some <clears throat> leadership yourself and if the politicians ain't going to do it and we live in a democracy. We democracy are going to do it. We, the people, yeah. we the people. Have, this have that greater responsibility because we're the mm. ones who are concerned for it. Mm. Mm. Uh, th there's a question here um, by somebody who's hosting an event called First Nations People and Environmental Justice with the Australian Conservation Foundation. Uh, Dr. Virginia Marshall is one of the presenters and they were wondering if anyone has any advice for the event or if there is anything that they would like people to know regarding topics such as traditional land care and knowledge and environmental racism. So do any of you have any comments on what are the key issues they should be raising in that presentation? I would like to think that um, our young people, all our people, when um, arguing these great arguments uh, in support of those old philosophers in our culture who organised our social world so well, that we will do so in the polite voice that our old people used and still use, not shouting and screaming and abusing and trying to get our way by denigrating others, but to use the quiet voice, uh, the sincere voice, and being polite and listening. And it was brought home to me um, a couple of days ago when <laughs> one of my uh, cultural brothers um, was telling me a, a yarn about his meeting with a senior federal government minister about an issue that he has been fighting uh, for 10 years. Now, we did ceremony um, for that, Chris, um, about three years ago now for the, the sacred source of the Murrumbidgee River, where she comes out of the ground. And it's been destroyed by a feral animal. And, you know, it, it is something that we can do. Um, that water comes through moss. You trample the moss, you actually destroy the aquifer because the little oh, yeah. environmental pump has gone. And that's the great mosses. And we've been working on that for a long time now. But my brother was having a conversation with that federal minister, um, who is not someone who I thought had been terribly supportive of our people in the past. But she said, if you come to us with a well-thought-out plan, we will do our best to implement it, as long as everybody is considered. And I, I think that is great advice, that when you, when you go to a minister, you're not going there to fight. You're, you're, going, you're going there 
to put a proposal from our old people in the in the quiet voice. And if you don't succeed, then you'll have to try again. And if you um, pass before you've, you've been successful, then your children will have to try. But I think there's too much antipathy in the world. And our old people, as we can see from the way our society was organised, tried to avoid that hatred, tried to build into our discussions consensus. And one of my sisters from East Gippsland taught me this lesson 40 years ago um, when we were sitting down in a meeting and one of our elders hadn't arrived and there was a, a bit of wide agitation about why the meeting wasn't underway and um, and my sister said, because we are waiting for Artie, in the meantime, we will talk about country and that is our real work anyway. And it was a beautiful way of saying, <laughs> don't panic, we're still on the agenda, you just don't know it yet. And it was said in such a quiet voice, such a gentle way that I've always remembered it and I've, I've always thought when I get angry, because I, I can do that to calm that anger because our old people always kept a still heart when arguing and uh, I think we just have to be persistent. Mm -hmm. Well, we seem to have flown through the time and... Um, I'd like to thank all of our speakers tonight and those who also raised questions. Um, it's been a really informative and worthwhile discussion. I think you'll join with me in sending a virtual clap around the country for all of our speakers here tonight. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today on the show we heard part three of a three-part episode called Custodians of Country, and it's from the NADOC 2021 series, Heal Country, Heal Climate. This webinar series is hosted by the Indigenous Peoples Organisation Australia at indigenouspeoples.org.com.au and Better Futures Australia at betterfutures.org.au. And if you missed part of today's show or you want to check out part one or part two, you can find the podcasts and all the details of all the speakers at 3cr.org.au forward slash earth matters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we would love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word? Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Nam. And we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. That's all for today, but don't forget, tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories. Thank you.
G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 8.55 on your dial. Tune in to Billabong Beats Tuesdays at 11am with me, Gavin Moore, giving a voice to both Western Kulin and Kulin First Nations peoples. Join me to talk about philosophy and dreamtime stories surrounding the waterhole, the sacred fire, the land, the plants and animals. Billabong Beats, 11am Tuesdays on 3CR. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au